Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. More police officers in America are dying from suicide than in the line of duty. What happens here in Las Vegas is a bit harder to nail down. It's not a comfortable topic. And as our guest today explains, the same culture that influences the issues some have with policing in our community also affects officer mental health and vice versa. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we get into the gritty with retired Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department Captain Harry Fagel. And with newly elected Sheriff Kevin McMahill about to take over, Harry talks about hope on the horizon and what's so hard about changing the philosophy of policing. A quick warning, we get into a frank conversation about self-harm with some graphic depictions of things officers encounter in their jobs. It's, it's not for everyone. It's Thursday, December 15th, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Harry Fagel, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you, David. It's nice to be here. You know, Harry, I want to start with probably the the deepest sort of challenge to being a police officer. And I want to get a sense of scale and scope. How, how many police officers do you know of in Las Vegas who have tragically ended their own lives? Well, you know, the old argument that one is too many, you know, comes to mind right away, but there's been many. It's more than I can count on both hands. I mean, it seems like every other month that somebody is either attempting to commit suicide or committing suicide in that job, and it just seems like it's becoming more and more a crisis, a mental health crisis like the rest of the country's in. But I was just talking to some friends of mine at uh, my former department, and they were telling me about a call that some that young officers had been on where a man had slaughtered his wife and there was like a bloodbath. There was blood everywhere. They, he did it in front of the children. So just that, that, that singular scene, that one event, you think about what that does to a person's psyche. And it's not the one event that does it. It's the layering of event after event after event with little mitigation in between events to reconcile the trauma that you're exposed to. Yeah. Well, let me ask you two sides of that coin then. The first one may be a softball to you, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. What are the hardest parts of policing in the Las Vegas Valley specifically? I mean, it's a very, very busy police business here. I mean, you're talking close to, if not 5,000 plus calls for service a day, every day. When I hired on, it was like maybe 1,200 or 1,500. Wow. It's up to 5,000 calls wow. a day. It's quality versus quantity, like a lot of other things. You want to provide the service that is most effective and encompassing for any person that you're encountering. And you can only do one call at a time, but the pressure is high to move it along. Do you understand? Everybody's running around as fast as they can trying to keep the dam up so that the flood doesn't come in. 
And that stuff gets lost in that. A lot of nuance gets lost. And it's, you asked me what was hard about it. I'd say it's, it's a combination of that intense pressure to get the job done and the fact that it's a 24-hour town. It never, ever, ever stops. Are there parts of this that lead some officers down to that dark path that we started with, with the, the drinking or the drugs or the suicides that impacts, like you said, far too many because one is too many? Well, it is far too many. And it, it's, you know, I think everybody is struggling. And then you take police who are standing in other people's struggles all day long. They're not missing out on any of the normal day-to-day struggles of life. And now they're adding in the trauma from all these other folks. And if somebody in the job is out there and they're already feeling the pressure, the depression, and the difficulties of the job itself, and now they're feeling unsupported in their community and they're feeling unsupported in their job everywhere there's this pressure that hey you can't fuck up or you're done you can't fuck up because you got people's lives in your hands and yes i agree it's like doctors you know they take a lot of stress on because they know that if they screw up they're going to be liable for somebody's well-being well this is on like a it's it just doesn't stop the punches just keep coming and now they're coming from internal external and so human beings can only take so much yeah you know, everybody's got a limit. Everybody's got a threshold. And the result of that threshold could be a lot of reactions. It could be just becoming a gym rat and going and working out all the time or becoming a runner or a marathon runner and running out all the stress. It's not always a negative result. But there are some dark options in a city like ours, too. Hell yeah, there is. In every city, but more so. I always say Vegas is a harsh mistress, man. You know, if you bring a problem to Vegas, it will get bigger. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's a beautiful place and an incredible community. So I'm just saying it's it's unusual. Vegas is unusual. It's, if you want to get into trouble, you can usually find it pretty easily. Yeah. And, you know, there might be a police officer around the corner. <laughs> but let's get back to what I, I started with. I, I said there are two sides of the coin. So the first side I wanted to talk about, which... I, you definitely hit was the hard parts of being a police officer in the Las Vegas Valley. The other side of the coin is what are some of the criticisms of modern day policing? Like it happens in Las Vegas that you actually accept that those criticisms are valid. Well, I think that people really don't know what is expected of their police. And I think that officers that go into it, they have a lot of preconceptions and misconceptions and conceptions about what it means to put on that uniform and that badge and to raise your right hand and swear to something. And then to actually go out there and function in the world out on the street, you know, it's a very, very dynamic and random place. And human beings do the job. They're not robots. They're human. They're just as human as anybody else. They're not sociopaths. Some of them are bullies. Some of them are sociopaths. Some of them are lost souls, but not not as many as you would sometimes think because there's no way it could function. It's too hard of a job to function if you're screwed up. Now, I know you, like every other police officer, are aware of those protests that occurred in Las Vegas in the summer of 2020. Right. You know, there were calls for reform, uh, whatever that means sometimes. But w- what are, from Harry Fagel's perspective, you know, 25 years at Metro, what are some of the things that you saw at the LVMPD here in Las Vegas that you think needs to be reformed? There's several things. Um, first of all, uh, there has to be consistent accountability. You can't be a, hold some people accountable and others not. You got to be consistent in your in your measurement and consistent in the way you deal out whatever the the structure is to to maintain the rules and organization. And any cops that are violating people's civil rights shouldn't be pol- police officers. But I, I don't think that they're the majority. I really don't. I like to think that anyway. Yeah. And any leader in police business that's allowing that to happen shouldn't be a leader in police business. 
I think that if, if I could pick one thing that needs to happen in policing in general for the United States of America and for LVMPD, which is doing a better job than many others, but has a lot of room for work like everybody else, is philosophy. When people have expectations and they have all these ideas about what a police officer should or shouldn't be doing, without a, a philosophical construct, without a discussion and an understanding of what your role is in society, 99% of the time, you got to be able to talk to people. You have to be able to get consensus from people. As a matter of fact, people always ask me what's hard about police work, and I will tell you, it's all the trauma and stuff is bad. But the truth about police work is this. I come into a situation or whoever it is comes into a situation and has to move somebody from that situation away from it without hurting them. And that sounds like a small thing, but it's not. And I, I give that example because people always are cavalier about the job. And I'm like, it is hard to move someone from where they want to be to somewhere they don't want to be against their will and keep them safe and happy while you're doing it. That's the, that's the hardest thing. Yeah, physically physically and emotionally is what you're talking about. Everything, physically, emotionally. So the philosophy needs to be so ingrained in what you're doing that you recognize what your role is at all times, even under stress. And I think that it can be done, and I think a lot of police officers do it. I think many police officers have an internal philosophy. A department like Metro has an I care value system. You know, I know you've heard about it. Integrity, courage, and respect, and accountability, and excellence. It's a very good framework for philosophy, but it's not philosophy. And philosophy needs to be, it actually needs to be the core of everything you do so that when you hire on from the time that you walk through the door, you understand this is your role. You also understand, I think that agencies, including Metro, is going to have to be a lot stronger on the mental health of the people doing that job. The physical health suffers too, because there's no physical standard after a certain point. So a lot of guys get out of shape. They end up with heart conditions and all kinds of other problems because, you know, the stress creates bad bodies. It just does. Too much cortisol, too many adrenaline rushes and not enough dumping out, you know? And everything you're describing right now seems to me to be a perfect pitch to HBO as like a TV show, The Sopranos meets Barney Miller. You know, I think it would be a a surefire hit. (laughs) Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I'm wondering, though, if you would say that this culture of policing that you're discussing in great detail right now in a way, contributes to these officer suicides that we talked about at the top. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's why, you know, you talk about a culture shift. That's where philosophy comes in. Because if you if you go out there and you deal with that trauma, okay, and it's, that's your job, going out there and dealing with trauma, standing in trauma, making it ascertain whether crimes are committed or not, and if so, what the follow-up is that's required, all that stuff, all that logistic stuff. But if you go back to your barn and everyone in there is looking at you sideways and everybody's talking about what a shitty person you are and how you're really, you know, you're not as good as this guy or you need to do better. And it's never, ever a positive thing ever. Eventually, no human being can withstand that type of negativity for long before some internal process happens. And without the support of the people around you, without the support of the culture, it can be really difficult. Well, and I get that. And I'm sure it's true in most 
in most jobs where you're risking your life and you have to rely on other people to risk theirs for you as well so that you can go home safe every night. This is not like working at a McDonald's, even though that I respect that world and I respect people working in the finance world and I respect police work itself is the impossible task, David. It's impossible. You know, I totally get that, Harry. And I want to keep this simple with a, a very straightforward question. Does that culture that you're talking about also come up when we talk about the violence that is unjustified against people in the community, big or small? Absolutely. Of course. It's all hand in hand, you know, and that's why I think philosophy is so important because philosophy bends culture. It doesn't make it, but it bends it. And this culture needs to be bent a little. It's not working the way it is. It's not working for the people that do it. It's not working for the people they serve. So there needs to be adjustments made. There needs to be corrections made. I still think that great people do that work. And I know it because I've, I've worked around them. I also think that your hiring practices and your history and all that becomes important too. what your values are in that community and what you're trying to achieve is important and to know that and to know it and to share it, not just with police, but with the community too, because listen, there's probably nothing more damaging to the police business than a rogue police officer. <laughs> okay. There's probably nothing more damaging or a bunch of them. <laughs> but it, you know. uh, well, even worse, and it falls back on leadership again. And I, yeah, it's leadership, man. You as a leader in an agency, you have to make a decision. Is this person going to go out there and treat my sister, my brother, my mother, my father with respect, with due care, with process, with all the things that are required to be a legal and lawful police officer? Or are they going to go out there and are they going to be a good old boy or whatever the hell it is and just run around with imputiny? Because if they're running around with imputiny, David, that's not police. That's not policing. Yeah. That's something else. Well, that's a perfect transition to my next question, man. We've got a new sheriff, <laughs> literally. You know, uh, I love yeah. that expression. There's a new sheriff in town, but we've literally new got a new sheriff taking office in January, replacing Governor-elect Joe Lombardo. What, what do you hope that incoming sheriff Kevin McMahill puts into practice regarding police culture, this philosophy you're talking about, and officer wellness? Well, I, you know what? I've been fortunate to spend time and talk to uh, Sheriff McMahill, incoming Sheriff McMahill. I've had a chance to to give him my ideas about what's important and what are priorities. And he seems to be very much of the priority that, that the wellness of the community and the officers is critical to going forward. We've talked a lot, and he seems to be very much about the wellness of not just the cops that work for him, but for the community as well. And he's exhibited this in the past. But as the sheriff, I expect to see some pretty good inroading uh, from a multicultural perspective. I really do. I hope so. Yeah. Is there any specific that you might hope for under a Sheriff McMahill uh, on any of these topics? I'd like to see a, a, a much more robust employee assistance program. And what do you mean by that? In other words, access to tools for therapy, counseling, post-traumatic time, a little bit of, you know, the fire department goes on a call where there's uh, some guys that told me that when they go on a call that's extremely violent, they have some peaceful time afterwards where they get to, they get to unwind for a few minutes where they, before they go out to the next call. With cops, you go to a call where a kid just got killed and then the next thing you're on another call five minutes later and then 20 minutes later you're at something else and you never really have a chance to to deal with any of this until you're home later at night all by yourself and you suddenly realize just what you went through. I'm going to give you one example and I, I got it because it happened. Uh, I went to a call where uh, a father had uh, decapitated his daughter, okay? One of the most heinous and violent acts I've ever witnessed in my life. And the lieutenant who was on duty that day, who was... Uh, real old school guy, but he called out 
Keep, which is the Police Employees Assistance Program at LVMPD. He called them out to the scene. I had never seen that before, like a trauma team being called for the police officers that were there. I was amazed. I was like, and I talked to, they came out and they talked to me and I, they said, how are you? I said, I'm fine. But I appreciated that more than I can ever say. Of all the things I ever experienced, like, uh, you know, all the crazy, uh, wacky, horrible, traumatic, on and on. That was the only time that I ever had a response where a lieutenant made the call to say, hey, this was more than the average thing. I need to help my cops through this. They're going to suffer. Wow. And I think that to see more of that would be my desire, to see more taking care. And we have a tip program. We, we bring people out for people for their trauma. But we don't, you know, we have it. And then there's a chaplain at the station. They, they work at it. But until the culture accepts it and embraces the idea that therapy needs to be part of police business, that your mental health needs to be something you work on as much as you work on your firearms training, as much as you work on your defensive tactics training, your driving, your laws and the understanding of the laws and the application of laws and all that stuff. This needs to be just as important a tool, just as important a process as those things. And I think that if that happens, that there is a serious push for that to be part of the whole structure, I think you'll see a change in police business. But it's going to take time, obviously. And it's going to take a lot of leadership. Because without that leadership, without if I'm the old school guy and I go, oh, suck it up, buttercup, I will be right back where we started. Yeah. And the community's right back where they started too. Exactly. Well, you say the same thing to the community, right? Because if you're saying it to the guys that do that job, you're saying the same thing to the community. You're lacking compassion, you're lacking empathy, and you're failing to see the big picture. And when you fail to see the big picture, I can give you a thousand examples of what that looks like. Harry Fagel, retired Metropolitan Police Department captain. Thank you so much for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas. Lots of food for thought. Thank you, David. And I, I hope that everybody stays safe out there. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please, please, please talk to someone. It's easy. In Las Vegas, just dial 988. That's it. Three numbers, 988. We'll give some helpful links in the show notes, too. And before you go, here's Vogue with a few things you should know. First up, CCSD is still dealing with a teacher shortage. The good news is they're going to help pay for college for some education students at Nevada State College. The district will use federal COVID monies to fund the program, which will last through September of 2023. And next, the pandemic exposed some major issues with our unemployment system. The Department of Employment, Training and Rehabilitation is using federal funding to implement a four-year plan to make their systems more modern and user-friendly. Fingers crossed. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Today was a tough topic, but it's a conversation that's important to have in our community. Episodes like this are part of the mission of CityCast. If you support that mission or just appreciated the show, please tell a friend. Rate us too and leave us a review so more Las Vegans can find us. Don't forget to subscribe to our amazing morning newsletter. And we'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care, y'all. 